0: This show furnished by Fraser Communications. Welcome to The Deciders with Renee Frazier. I'm Renee Frazier, the CEO and founder of Fraser Communications, the largest woman-owned, full-service communications company in Southern California. Fraser Communications is a firm that changes behavior. We grow brands, and we work very hard to use communications to positively impact society. Some of our national clients include Lexus, New Vision, Hyundai, Jonathan Lewis Furniture, East West Bank, and Ontario International Airport, where we reach around the world to tell people about Ontario as an alternative to LAX. Throughout the state of California, we handle First Five, where we do talk, read, sing. It changes everything, reaching parents of young children, and that's funded through the tobacco tax in the state of California. LA County-wide, we do many efforts for the Department of Public Health, and we've been working with the state of California on the public health uh, f- phenomena as well and many public health campaigns. And we'll be talking about that today. On the show, The Deciders, we feature people who are leaders in their field and change agents in their communities. We ask people to share their stories and get the inside story on how they craft their messages, their work, and what they've accomplished. We all keep hearing about the opioid crisis. We've read about it across the United States We've heard about some serious and very tragic incidents here in Los Angeles. And we know how dangerously addictive opioids are. But where are the resources and places people can go for help? How can people find out about addiction, about dependency? We're going to talk about that today. We're going to be talking with Rachel Tyree, the Communications Director for the Los Angeles County Public Health Department, and Bruce Dundor, Creative Director at Fraser Communications. We'll be talking about a recent messaging campaign education and awareness campaign designed to help people understand the opioid epidemic to prevent their use, as well as messages about treatment and harm reduction messages that were created in collaboration with the Department of Public Health and the partnership with Rachel Tyree. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Renee. Happy to be here. You know, Rachel, as we talk about um, this campaign, maybe we should start with a a discussion of what's different in health communications uh, versus, if you will, other forms of advertising.
1: Certainly. So health communications is um, selling a behavior versus selling a product to a consumer. So we have an extra challenging job of getting people to change their behavior in a positive, healthy way um, versus selling a product. So it's very similar to another term, social marketing. It uses the same principles that you do in marketing, but you're trying to convince people to invest in themselves and to see value in a healthy behavior change.
0: Well put. It really is social marketing because often we want to change the social norms even so people see the changed behavior as the more appropriate behavior. And I always t- talk to people about the fact that I think it's a lot easier to get people to choose one brand of bottled water over another or one kind of cereal over another because it's a impulse purchase and it has very uh, minimal consequences. But when you ask people to change their medicine behavior. When you ask people to stop drinking sugary beverages and drink water instead, it's requiring a habit change, right? A much more concerted exactly. effort yes. and harder. Well, we've worked together, Fraser Communications, uh, on a number of public health communications campaigns. We're very proud to be a part of uh, your efforts. Uh, let's talk about the recent campaign on prescription opioids that's running now in L.A. County. At the beginning of the campaign, there's planning. What is the first thing you like to see and you think about when you're developing a campaign like the one for opioids in L.A. County?
1: Well, our current campaign called Manage Pain Safely is... um helping to raise awareness about the risk of addiction to prescription pain medication, as well as providing treatment messaging to people who are already addicted. And so there's do, two different messages that are going out with this campaign. And to start with, we look at our data. We look at what is our local data tell us about this issue, this public health issue. And that's where we start. Um, who is the person that we want to reach? What's their age? Where do they live? Uh, are there others that look similar to them. And so we look at that local data, and that's the first thing that we do. And the second thing that we do that I do is I look at my budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And that determines how how wide and how, uh, how many different mediums we can advertise on
0: and how creative we can get with our campaign. I have to say that's a very practical perspective. Some people come at it, well, I love television. We should just do television. Not thinking about how far that will take them. Or Uh, There'll be other mediums, you know, outdoor is their favorite. They love digital. And of course, digital is very effective in reaching people, but they don't think it through from an impact and budget perspective. So you take that into effect in terms of how can we be effective with the dollars we have?
1: Exactly. We look at how can we be effective with the dollars we have? How can we go back to that behavior change? You know, what's going to be most impactful? And then working with with people like Bruce Dundor, the creative director at Fraser, you know, helping us if we... For instance, for this campaign, we didn't necessarily have a huge budget for television, but we looked at how we could create videos that would be
0: very impactful on YouTube and other online mediums. That's right, because people's habits are changing. Bruce, you want to talk about the process from the Fraser side of it? We've heard it from Rachel's side and some of her key decisions.
2: Well, I think what we do, these are, very, these are very complicated issues, and especially the opioids, extremely complicated because it's a societal issue. This is damage we've done to ourselves. And um, I think that what's necessary for me and my department and my, my crew is to marinate ourselves in the issue. Find out as much as we can, read as much as we can, to learn as much as we can about words that are being said, ideas that are being tossed out there, things that don't work, things that do work, things that work better. Um, I was kind of fortunate, not were unfortunate, that my wife broke her ankle. I That's right,
0: remember. right, right. Before, um,
2: so I was I was deeply involved in uh, the healthcare uh, uh, funnel, uh, and especially on the issue of opioids because th- those breaks are the first prescription for opioids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was interested in everything I heard, and then I was what I was watching out in the real world that the doctors works were a, a lot more measured in their. In their giving of of oxycodone, et cetera, they were far more measured at that time. That could be California, where we'd like to think ourselves being a little more enlightened, but they were very, very uh, sensitive towards asking for more or or saying no. Now you're going to go on to an over-the-counter. Painkillers, so that was that was good. That was refreshing to know that we weren't still going down that same funnel.
0: Well, what what you're referring to, Bruce, is the fact that there was probably overprescribing, yes, and that we read about that across the country. And uh, of course, some of the prescription, uh, the pharmaceutical companies are being sued right. related to uh, incentivizing doctors and sharing information with doctors. But I know, Rachel, in your case, uh, the Department of Public Health has really been one of the reasons doctors. Have been more cognizant and cautious about prescribing.
1: That is right. So, in the state of California, we do have laws about overprescribing and how much and uh, what what is called safe prescribing practices. And those have been implemented, and we're seeing um, good behavior by doctors and not overprescribing, and even locally here in Los Angeles County. Uh, we are working with our medical examiner coroner's office to send letters out to healthcare providers who may have had a patient that died from an overdose and letting them know. Um, so it's not to get them in trouble, but just make them aware of what ended up happening. So another way of helping to raise awareness, even with the healthcare providers and how we can help stem the tide of the epidemic.
0: Right. What we're referring to for the listeners is, you know, this is a very... Um, systemic problem. So doctors were prescribing, perhaps over-prescribing, pharmaceutical companies were telling people that it was safe. And what we uncovered as part of our process at Fraser, and of course working with the Department of Public Health, we evaluate or look at campaigns that have done been done successfully or la- not so successfully by other states and counties. But we also go out and talk to the consumers. So in this case, we did listening sessions with people who run Treatment and prevention programs to gain their insights. And then we also did focus groups with people who were regular users of pain medicines. And I will say one of the key things we learned is many people did not perceive themselves to be addicted, but they felt they were coping appropriately with opioids and were clearly dependent, but not yet cognizant of it. So that became one of our messages. They didn't also know that opioids were necessarily related to heroin. Or that opioids could be dangerous because it's a tricky, slippery slope. When a doctor prescribes it, one assumes it's all right and safe for you. And that really informed the campaign, right, Rachel? It did. Yes, the
1: exploratory focus groups were very constructive towards that. Um, we conducted those, as you said, not only in Metro Los Angeles but in areas of the county where we do have higher rates of opioid overdose—not necessarily death, but over, but overuse or misuse.
0: That's one of the reasons we focus in on uh, Antelope Valley, correct? That is correct, yes. You know, unfortunately, we see higher rates of, uh, of death there and overdose, as you said. And when we, we did those focus groups, we saw that very many people in the focus groups had a relative who was addicted or and some and knew of people who had overdose. So it was, I made, I made reference to social norm, and that, that implies, of course, that it was acceptable, not acceptable behavior by any means, but it was common and the use of uh, of opioids was common. We also heard that in some of the focus groups, that it became a, if you've hurt your shoulder and you have an extra bottle of those, it's okay to share them with a friend or a relative. And we know that that actually was dangerous to do. It. And there wasn't also a lot of awareness about the interaction of these drugs with alcohol. That's right. And
1: so combining our local data, you know, what what does our local data tell us? What did these exploratory focus groups and listening sessions tell us? And from there, you know, the creative fun process began. Is And what we realized is this campaign was going to have two different potential audiences and two different calls to action and messages. So that's how we developed Manage Pain Safely for more general awareness of the risk of prescription pain medications, of overusing them, and then Manage Addiction. So reaching the audience and the and the communities that are dealing with addiction um, and that they need help in draw in drawing them to the the treatment uh, the the addiction helpline
0: in the county right so one call to action would be the addiction of the sash line where you can get uh, information about substance abuse help treatment centers, treatment exactly. centers. Mm-hmm. and they actually we talked to those folks they really do get you into a center quickly and there are uh, uh there are available resources and a second call to action was go to the website which was rich with other information even questions you could ask yourself about dependency
1: right right so one thing that we had created with Bruce and his team was our doctor checklist and so these are questions you could ask your doctor and we developed it in 11 different languages and it's downloadable on the website and we wanted something to be user friendly you know if you're going to tell people that this is a problem you got to give them a solution And so that was part of us helping to um, empower consumers to feel that they're armed with something when they go to the doctor.
2: Oh I want to also add that if you let's look at language because language is important. We had a lot of trepidation that oh oh gosh you're, you're just gonna start taking away the things that make me cope with life or the pain that I'm having, etc. That's why we use the word manage pain safely. We are not saying no and drawing a line say there's, there's a way into pain that can be managed better, what would that be? So we're not castigating anybody. We're not slapping anybody down. We are talking about manage addiction, harm reduction, manage pain safely. These things are are newer ideas and newer language around a problem that they feel is not necessarily their fault.
0: Right. Right. And it's an effective way to engage people and empower them. So they're making the choice. Right. Just to let everyone know that uh, checklist that uh, uh, Rachel's talking about is also available now in doctor's offices. We created take ones and we put up posters in doctor's offices it's also available. As you said, 11 languages online. And I think what, what what's important about that, too, is it's go, meeting people where they are. Uh, they, they're they in pain but uh, uh, they can ask for options. They can ask if this is addictive. So they're better prepared to make choices and, as you say, manage their pain as safely, not saying that they're not in pain. Uh, and we, we also know this is important in terms of um, relatives, family members, so they become understanding. Let's talk about the creative messaging that was developed, um, uh, Bruce, Rachel.
2: Okay. So, um, you know, we took, you know, we wanted to be real and we wanted to be uh, emotionally relevant and dramatic. We did two commercials uh, for, for television. One was called Make It Stop, which are three three words that appear on the lips of everybody who is in pain. They want they want out of the pain. And there's nothing more uh, over, overwhelming than pain. It just becomes a thing you think about every second. So we do this a commercial called Make It Stop, which tracks the journey of someone who had a legitimate ankle injury and takes them through the, that funnel where all of a sudden the solution to his pain became the problem with his Issue. he became addicted to that and it became hard to shake We know that with opioids the 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 uh, 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 withdrawal is sometimes as painful or more painful than the affliction that caused you to take the opioids it's a tremendous tremendous uh, a physical uh, uh, challenge to withdraw from opioids
0: but before you finish and talk about the second one let me turn it back to Rachel Uh we ended that commercial in a very specific way right Rachel
1: we did so that was a lot of our you know internal discussion creative brainstorming of how to present this message in a hopeful light even though we're talking about something that's very um, heavy and serious and so we ended the commercial with the the injured person who has realized that he has become addicted talking to his doctor about getting help and she tells him let's get you some help and we we ended on a positive hopeful message of that and that there is hope and that there are resources and treatment available
0: if you do find yourself in that position. Of being addicted I think that's so important because uh, sometimes people feel shame mm-hmm. when they're addicted and they feel uh, stigmatized and uh, and uh, out of options right and so knowing you could go to your doctor and find ways of, of uh, reducing your use and from getting off of them is really important right. the second uh, video that runs online is and YouTube is very popular and of course on some television uh, is related to pain as well, Bruce. And this one, you told a different kind of story.
2: Yeah, this is called "Where's Dad," and it it, it involves the family. It also and, and it involves the family. It involves a friend. It involves coworkers. And this is the issue that that essentially, an, a, a person who becomes addicted to opioid opioids, starts to withdraw. They start to withdraw from uh, from people, from their own loved ones. Not talk to friends. They just don't want to go out. They sit in they sit in a dark room. And um, we never saw the dad. We never saw ever 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 saw the dad except at the end, when he's in a bit of trouble. And it's basically the journey of the, this family, the kids, and especially the daughter, who always asking where's dad. And the friends is where's 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 uh, where's the friend, and, and where's the coworker. And, and it's always the back or somebody's not well yet. Um, and we never see him. So that that uh, is able to communicate the withdrawal. He's not on the scene. And at the end, it, it's fairly tragic at the end, but we always lead to a better place of manage pain safely. Um, and we're always, always encouraging people to seek out their doctor, to have these conversations with the doctor, and to go to the website to learn more about something. We need to embolden everybody around that person. That person needs support, needs informed support. So what we try to do is to make sure that that everybody – every. Part of that guy's that person's support group is informed so that they know how to act, they know how to help, and they know how to hope.
0: Well, you know, what's interesting to me about that, I remember distinctly we, we conducted focus groups with people who themselves were using uh, medicines extensively and past the time it was prescribed. And then we also talked to family and friends of people who were using prescription drugs. And in those focus groups of the family members, the stories of isolationism and losing the person, and even in the case of people who were using, I don't go out when people ask me to go to dinner, I stay home, I don't feel myself anymore. we, We got a great sense of that isolation and kind of depression that comes. And what was important from the family members is it became a signal. Uh Uh-oh, this really is a problem. You should do something about it. And I think what happens is people think, okay, it's just temporary. His back is really bothering him. It doesn't, you know, the fact that he stays out and doesn't go to work. What does that really mean? Making, as you said, emboldening, empowering them to say, I better do something. This could be addiction. we got to get involved.
2: And There is one comment in the focus group, I think it was in Antelope Valley, that basically sent it over the the wire for me is that, we we presented just the storyboards, not no film yet. But one of the uh, the respondents in the, the folks group, we, we, he sees the weird, where's dad uh, communication, and he said, "What well, now? What do you feel? What do you want to do?" And he just looked. He says, "I need to go s- see my mom," and immediately in admission: his mom was having problems, and he now of a sudden became overwhelmingly worried about his mom. And we said, "If that can happen more, that'll be good."
0: Absolutely. Well, you know that 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 goes takes me to the point about uh, effectiveness. Mm-hmm. And how we measure the impact of these campaigns. Rachel, tell me what you're setting up. And I know we work with you on the KPIs, right? The key performance indicators.
1: So ultimately what we're going to look at to see how effective this campaign is, is, you know, what was our call volume to our substance abuse uh, services helpline? How many people clicked through to our website? You know, in addition to looking at the metrics on our um, different media channels that we'll run the, the add-on. You know, ultimately, though, you know, we want to see people calling. And what we have seen so far is through this campaign, Mondays are our highest call volume at the helpline and clicks to our website. So after people have enjoyed the weekend and Monday morning rolls around, you know, there's that sense of, oh, I need to take some action or get my life back on track or Mm -hmm. go through my to do list and make that phone call. And so that's really encouraging when we see those call
0: volume up. And we're, we're doing a pre and a post measure of awareness of the campaign, knowledge of what are opioids, the impact of them, what proclivity or willingness to take action and where would they go, which is talking to their doctors. So we're going to be measuring pre and post with a sample of 3,000 in each wave. So a really good look at L.A. County by segment. What's interesting about this, too, is we look at it by gender. We look at it by area, like we talked about some of the areas of the county are more serious problems. We want to make sure that we reach all the segments. The other thing that I think is important, this is the first foundational campaign, really, that the Department of Public Health has done I'm hoping although our contract may end I'm still hoping that the messaging goes on because unfortunately this is a tough problem to tackle so the research will hope to indicate you know where are their intractable uh, points of view or how can we move people along further in terms of willingness to ask their doctor for information and look for alternatives so that the campaign can make the research can not just inform whether this was effective but it can also help you going forward right
1: and that's part of what we try to do working with with all of you at Fraser too is how do we make this? How do we make our campaign sustainable? So beyond you know when that budget disappears, what have we equipped our community partners with? So we do uh, create program toolkits that others can use. How do we messaging to our stakeholders and letting them know about the campaign and how they can get involved. So we really do take more of a um, proactive measure now of that sustainability and how do we make these
0: things um, live beyond right. Right. But beyond just our media campaign, uh, most people may not know, but there are limited budgets, certainly limited budgets, you know, with government and the Department of Public Health. And when the money has been spent, the money has been spent. But we know the federal government is particularly interested, thank goodness, in this issue as we've seen it across the country. So there may be additional funds coming in. So some of these materials can be used. I know you recently went to a conference where you shared the cannabis campaign, uh, the awareness campaign we did for teenagers around the fact that cannabis is illegal for those under the age of 21 and while their brains are developing it's not a good idea. It can actually affect their brains. Did you get a reaction to the opioid campaign as well while you were there? Yeah, I did. So uh, at this at this National Health
1: Communications Conference, uh, it was very encouraging to be able to share with others about what we're doing here in Los Angeles County and uh, met with a number of people in different parts of the country who wanted to learn more about our opioids campaign awareness you know, efforts and, and sharing with them the different tactics we're using, sharing with them the videos we've created and just the positive response that we've had. And that's part of what we do in health communication. You know, we want to share best practices, lessons learned with each other. We're all in this together because, as you said, we have we have limited budgets in government. And sometimes grant funding will sway one way or the other, depending on which issue is more um, popular or important at the moment. So um, opioids is obviously very important. So everybody wants to learn from each
0: other and see what everyone else is doing. So we... Uh, had a great opportunity to be able to share that with others. We're glad to hear that. You know, the more these can be used, the better. And we take that into account even when we look at talent and uh, the, mm-hmm. you know, usage rights, just to make sure the materials are accessible for uh, uh, for others. And uh, we're delighted to make sure that that happens. Um, you know, when I I, I think about the uh, the campaign, I wanted to mention maybe the third audience. We also went out and and talked to some illicit drug users. One of the things you read about uh, is, you know, unfortunately, people who have been hooked on some of the uh, opioid products actually move to heroin because it's so inexpensive on the streets. And with those folks, we're trying to get them definitely into treatment, but also making sure that they use clean needles. Uh, there, I just read, you know, some interactions with HIV and uh, and opioid use. Sadly, uh, people not using clean needles. And so do you want to talk a little bit about the illicit drug campaign and how we focused that, excuse me, illicit drug users campaign? Sure. So, yeah, this audience for this
1: campaign was, you know, general audience, um, basically everyone in L.A. County to let them know that prescription pain medications can be. Um, d- dangerous. And then we also wanted to reach 18 to 24 year olds. So our local data told us that we have young adults who socialize and party um, with opioids. And then the third population were illicit users. And with that, we're reaching out to needle exchange programs, homeless shelters, um, really more man on the street guerrilla tactics where we can reach them and to talk to them more about their use. And not only the the risk of, of, of you know, disease tr- transfusion, but with fentanyl, which is a very large, big concern for us in L.A. County of, of drugs being cut with
0: fentanyl. Yeah, fentanyl is a, uh, a very serious drug, 50 times more powerful and potent than heroin, and obviously can be deadly. So we have specific uh, messages around that. All of those messages can be seen on YouTube and also on the Fraser Communications website. We're, we're close to ending this, and I would like to ask a question of my um, interviewees uh, related to the fact that we're called the deciders each uh, of each of you to share a tough decision you've had to make.
2: Uh deciding of, of what what is this massively emotional message that you really want to do because it's so seriously uh, devastatingly memorable. And then what is responsible to the audience and what is right for the audience and what goes towards changing behavior. Because shocking people does not necessarily change behavior, it just shocks them. So we have to work around ways to communicate hope in our message and possibilities in our message uh, and and still draw their attention.
0: And Rachel, what about you? The decision might be related to a personal decision or a career decision. I would just say, you know, just overall in making career decisions, um, I've made two decisions
1: that were risky. One was moving from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C., and the second moving from Atlanta back to Los Angeles. And just both of those had, like, life-altering, you know, Uh, consequences and and life going in a different direction and just um, you know one thing I will just say in making those decisions um, you can always go back (laughs) good good point Um, and and you will never have regrets, you know, if
0: you take a risk. And, and and both of those were taking risks, and they've they've turned out well. Great advice, taking risks. I appreciate that. Well, listen, this has been a wonderful conversation. We've been talking with uh, Rachel Tyree, Communications Director at the L.A. County Public Health Department, and Bruce Stundor, the Creative Director at Fraser Communications, about the campaign Manage Pain Safely, managepainsafely.org. Feel free to go to the website. You can see all the materials there, including the great videos that we talked about. Thank you for spending time with us here on The Deciders with Renee Frazier. You can hear our podcast anytime on our website at thedeciders.com or SoundCloud. We'll be back here on that's with the deciders next week this is renee frazier ceo of Fraser communications to learn more about our work and how our knowledge of marketing and digital social media and advertising may help your business visit us at frazier communications.com have a wonderful week ahead this show furnished by Fraser communications